This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, Little Duckies Day, and the author is D.L. Scandal, and D.L. joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, D.L. Hi, how are you? And thank you for having me on your show. Well, this is going to be fun. It may be a bit uh, brusque. Is that how you say that? Brusque? Brusque. I think brusque. Is that right? Brusque. Yes, I think that's the word. To some may seem a bit brusque, right? Brusque. (laughs) (laughs) We'll explain what that means if people don't know in just a moment. But let's, let's talk about in general what your book is about. I'm going to read a couple things you've written. You say this. I've written a children's book with a slightly different twist on the conventions of motherhood. It's absolutely hilarious and very well written and a bit unorthodox. Also, a delightful story with hilarious illustrations about an adorable, energetic little ducky (laughs) and her often frazzled but extremely attentive and loving mother who just happens to be a wolf. <laughs> well, that is brusque. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> well, brusque meaning abrupt, curt, surly, crusty, gruff. Uh, you know, we wouldn't ever, for the most part, mm-hmm. put a ducky and a wolf together as mama and little baby daughter. It's a little unconventional i suppose (laughs) so why so why did you do this dl well there's a lot of reasons i guess the quickest answer is that as a first-time mom i was i was totally unprepared emotionally uh for the new job of motherhood and i i I felt i had as much business caring for a helpless little baby as a wolf mothering a little duck and i felt very unprepared and inexperienced but then um i i realized well you know why not? <laughs> and so then I, I you know, as, as my experiences uh, came together, I, I started uh, channeling these feelings into cartoons, and I drew myself as the wolf and the my baby as a little duck. And uh, I thought, you know what, this is kind of funny. This is actually very funny. This is uh, something that I think all new moms go through, and they feel very much like something that's very big and potentially scary, uh, but also very maternal and fiercely protective and territorial. And uh, why not, why not uh, see that to your advantage and just realize that it doesn't matter who takes care of who, it's, you know, your mom is the one who takes care of you, not necessarily looks like you. And you're a graphic artist, and yeah. these illustrations are just fantastic. The, Thank you. The facial, expression, <laughs> the facial expressions of the wolf, the mommy, are just priceless. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, like I said, uh, I've been told they're very true to form. People look at the, the mother wolf and say, you know, that is me to a T. <laughs> After people get over the shock <laughs> of the wolf 
and the little ducky uh, yeah. being this unique family, it has a great little message. I mean, it has a tremendous message about love, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the, the, the basic uh, point I wanted to get across is that motherhood is very challenging. Not just motherhood, parenthood, I should say. I mean, even for the dads, it's hard. And, you know, you just have to, how can I put it? You, you just have to understand that with your love and a sense of humor, you can kind of o- overcome anything, and uh, even, even the challenges of parenthood. And that's the point I wanted to get across, pretty much. And, of course, little Ducky is busy, busy, busy with so much to do throughout the day. How will it all get done? (laughs) (laughs) And she's helping her mommy so much. She is. She is. But she doesn't realize that it's really her mommy doing all the work. And And she's just making a little mess, the little Ducky. She's making a mess. She's getting into trouble. Poor mommy is following her around, trying to protect her and keep her safe and trying to clean up after her and that's pretty much i think what every new parent finds themselves doing that's their whole life (laughs) exactly exactly and in your own particular uh personal family situation uh, yeah tell us about that and how your daughter really doesn't like look like you um i don't actually my husband is uh chinese and I am Jewish American, and our child, actually, she looks a little like me, but when she was first born, everyone said, no, 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 that's your <laughs> husband all the way. I, don't, I wouldn't even be able to tell that that was you. And, uh, you know, so, sometimes as a parent, you don't really want to hear that. You want to hear that your child looks a little bit like you. But then you have to say, you know what, it doesn't matter who the child looks like. You love them anyway. And again, that, that was the main thrust of the book, was that your child can be as different as night and day. It may not even be your, bi- your biological child. One of my, uh, one colleague looked at the book, and she said her, that what she took away from it was, you know what, the, uh, your mother isn't the person who gave birth to you necessarily. Your mother is the person who loves you and takes care of you throughout your life. So I, I also wrote this with adopted children in mind and to realize that all parents, whether they're biological or adopted or step-parents, they, we all go through the same thing. We all go through the same thing, but we love our children regardless. So the book follows little Ducky throughout her day while her mom... Sometimes behind the scenes does everything she can to ensure her safety and well-being. Of course, mom doing all the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and great illustrations showing this from uh, breakfast to, I guess, let's see, going to the park, right? Yeah. <laughs> everything. I mean, everything is... Uh, the, the breakfast scene is, is a scene that every little kid loves because... It's it's the scene where mom is just trying to get one little cup of coffee in and one little moment of relaxation, but little Ducky wants her breakfast, and <laughs> silly mommy seems to have forgotten that little Ducky wants her breakfast. So she screams, breakfast, to remind her, <laughs> and mommy gets very frazzled, and it's a very funny scene. And, of course, the next scene is mommy quickly putting little Ducky in her high chair and feeding her her favorite breakfast, which it happens to be bananas. <laughs> And so the whole day 
is fast and furious till Ducky is safely tucked into bed. And then, of course, Ducky thinks Mommy's going off to do what? Fun so grown, the, those fun grown-up things that mommies yes, do. <laughs> all the fun grown-up things that mommy do. And you know what those fun things are? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sleep. sleep. That's what we do. We sleep. And it is the, very good. For, we love sleep now. <laughs> and there's the mommy wolf uh, just crashed asleep, exhausted yeah. against the crib of little ducky just sound oh, asleep. Yes. Yeah, that's me many, many days of the week. In fact, every night, as soon as I put her to bed, I just breathe a deep sigh of relief. We made it through another day. (laughs) So obviously this book is written from the point of view of a child, but it has a lot of appeal to both children and adults. Yeah, I think so. I mean, kids love it. Every time I I give it to a lot of uh, new parents, and they read it to their children, and even not-so-new parents. And their children are a little older, and they find it hilarious. And the parents recognize themselves as well, and they find it hilarious. So it's really a book that appeals to both. And even people who are not parents have read it, and they just say, you know, this is so funny, and this is something I never knew about parenthood, but, the, but it's, it's very realistic. Because so many new mothers uh, sometimes are a little shy about maybe some of the things they're going through. Uh, like yourself, you were shy about t- to talk about it. Yeah, I didn't really want, I thought I was the only one. And um, that was another reason why I started doing the drawings, because I couldn't really tell anybody that motherhood is not one big, fun, beautiful, lovely thing that... that uh, nothing can ever go wrong. I mean, everything can go wrong, and you live every day making sure, worried and making sure that nothing does go wrong, and it's, it's a challenge. It really is. I thought that all the other moms had it down, and they, they knew exactly what they were doing, and I was the only one who didn't, and I felt very alone, and I was actually surprised that motherhood wasn't this beautiful thing that everybody was talking about. And so instead of confiding in anybody, I pretty much just put my feelings down on paper in the form of drawings, and my husband saw them, and he thought they were hilarious, and he said, you know, you really should do something with this. So through the shyness, uh, it actually kind of was a a big help for me to put it all down on paper, and... uh, then people started seeing what I was doing. They said, you know, that is so funny and it's so true. And I I would say, really? And I said, yeah, I go through the same thing all the time. And uh, that's when I said, you know, maybe this book has a chance because people really are sort of uh, understanding what it's like and and they're they're also relating to it. But a very challenging uh, part of uh, writing the book because you had to, this had to make sense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the first, uh, the first reaction that people have, they say, "Well, is the little ducky going to wind up inside the wolf at the end of the book?" <laughs> and I think that's what everybody thinks. And and you know what? I think that's what I think sometimes as a mom. I say, "Am I going to do something terrible just by accident?" You know, you you always worry about are you are you going to do the right thing as a mom. And uh, the answer is yes. Just by trusting your instincts, you will do the right thing, and you have to just have the confidence and and the uh, faith that you will 
do the right thing at the end. And throughout the book, you know, there's plenty of times when you you think, oh, this this poor mom, why is she going through all this? Because she's mom. That's what moms do. That's right. And every child is different. Some are more challenging than others. Yeah. Some are very laid back. Some are very, you know, keyed keyed up all the time. So you just you just have to love them like a mom would. Yeah. And, well, tell and her, also learn to go with the flow. I'm sorry. No, no, exactly. Go with the flow. Now, tell us about LittleDucky.com. LittleDucky.com is a website in progress, and we are, uh, we're just starting it up. Like I said, the cartoons are up, and they're hilarious. So feel free to visit the site uh, to check out the cartoons. We would, uh, we're also trying to get some... Uh, some other things going, we want to put, post some tips for parents, tips for kids, uh, some fun things to do, some, some games, some resources. So please drop by uh, littleducky.com. The cartoons are already up, as I said. And, and they're uh, animated. And th- yes. These are animated cartoons. These are animated cartoons. So it's the book come to life, so to speak. And that you have drawn. That I have drawn, yes. Well, that's wonderful, and that's exciting, and congratulations. So, so, so different, DL, and uh, with such a great message. Thank you very much. Tell us how to get your book. We are available through uh, Amazon.com right now. We are also available at BarnesandNoble.com, and of course at the Author House website. If you are an author, I believe you can have access to the bookstore, and we are also going to be very soon in independent bookstores throughout the New York tri-state area. And, so please look for it. <laughs> and I'm sure we can order it at littleducky.com. Yes, as well. You can order the book at littleducky.com. Well, thanks, D.L. Thanks for being with us on Author Talk. Thank you very much. Have a great day. That was D.L. Scandal. She is the author, the illustrator, the creator of Little Ducky's Day. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions helping you identify the real problems and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence and, more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guest teaches how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Y'all wave your hand. Look who's on. It's Dakota McKeith and he's number one. Now you might think Juan's youth was sad. Right. Because he had a death kill mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't the case. Nope. It wasn't his fate. No. Nope. The Wands never struggled to communicate. Ha. Y'all wave your hand. Look who's on. It's Dakota McKeith and he's 
Number one. It's That Keith Wine Show on Toginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central. Every week, That Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wine and the show, go to his website, KeithWineWann.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap cause the coda man's on. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap cause the coda man's on. Don't miss that Keith One Show. Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk. Brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Through the Windows of My Soul, Kiss Yesterday, Goodbye. It's a book of poetry written by Lynn Rossen, and Lynn joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Lynn. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good to have you with us now. You've been focused on writing poetry for some time. Uh, You say that the romantic poetry was written during a sad period. Today, you say you have found true love. You also are an activist in helping the poor, helping the needy, uh, the hungry, especially children. Let's begin with the romantic side of your book of poetry, Through the Windows of My Soul, Kiss Yesterday Goodbye. Uh, why did you write this, and why did you take that kind of, what was happening in your life? It was a very difficult time of my life. I had met a man who was willing to help me through many, many projects, and I misunderstood him. I thought that he cared, and what he cared about was helping me. And I fell deeply in love with him, and I mistook mentoring for love. And that's what got me into that problem, but I got a lot of wonderful, wonderful projects out of it, a lot of sadness, a lot of tears, and this book was a result of that, and I never promoted this book because I felt that it would be a difficult thing to do. Well, the beginning of the book looks like it has a number of poems about uh, romance. Well, I guess they're sprinkled, both of them about the hungry and romance are kind of sprinkled through the book, aren't they? Yes, they are, because you're either hungry for romance, or a hunger brings a different kind of unrest. Romance brings unrest, and hunger brings unrest. That's true. So I actually, I figured that if I interspersed them, it would be better. Right. Well, let's start out with a poem about romance. Why don't you share one of those and then make a comment about what was going on when you wrote that? I'm going to read my um, daughter from Oman, one of my online children, her favorite poem. I changed my whole idea on that. It's called Barrett and Browning. Frost had his roads, some taken, others not. Barrett had browning with a love burning so hot. Poets express their feelings in words that fly through the air like a stream of birds. I sit here pondering, of course, about you. Helping, healing, that's what you do. Extending your heart, and yet your heart is as hot as coal. You didn't care that you took my soul. Oh, the radiance, the lights, the fire... How do you live and ignore the desire to walk through the doors as you hide? You walk away and you, with your stride. Hear ye, O spirits, and let it be known. Facing the flame can only bring a moan. Being with family throughout life, mother, daughter, grandma, teacher, sister, and wife, that is solidarity, and there's no doubt. 
It is the safest way to roam about. Yet the wick still glimmers a bit, letting us know that it is still lit. If you get a chance to know love and fire, don't walk away. Follow your desire, because life goes by very quickly, leaving you with a feeling so sickly. The deed is done, yet I still feel blue. There never really was a you. So I go off through the doors of life to be another man's wife, fighting hunger, helping the environment and such, new platforms and family to touch. Barrett had her browning. How lucky was she? I am left alone with nothing but poetry. Who cares if the water doesn't flow? Who cares if no one will ever know? I learned one lesson, and this I am for sure. Stick with what you have and not what you think is in store. Safety brings peace and love. Turmoil stirs up the heavens above. Hear ye, hear ye, life isn't fair. We will face the obstacles, that's very clear. Tomorrow is the rest of our lives, hopefully smoother. No sharpness of night. Someday the path will be better, and yet, of the flame so bright, I will never forget. I'm always amazed at folks like you who can rhyme so well. That was beautiful. Not all my poetry is rhyming poetry. And I wrote that poem, and the reason that poem is so significant, I wrote that poem while I was walking over the Brooklyn Bridge to release my anxiety. Now, under the Brooklyn Bridge is where so many homeless people live. Mm. So I was aching for the homeless, and I was aching for my own situation at that time. For the man who you thought was in love with yes, you, but yes, he was your yes. mentor. No, he was just trying to help me. Right. He's a wonderful person and right. very a very good friend at this point, well, good. but I misunderstood it. Well, there's such a beautiful beat to poetry, isn't there? Yes, uh, poetry is rhythm of the heart. Yeah, it really, very well put. Yes, rhythm of the heart. Yes. Well... So as you walked across the Brooklyn Bridge uh, and you, you know, you were aware of many living under the bridge? Yes. Under the Brooklyn Bridge, we have lots of homeless people. Mm -hmm. And after I took that walk, I actually came back home, cried a lot, and I said, I have to do more. So I started working in soup kitchens, started doing some cleanup projects with New York children to clean up that area, and um, became much more involved with an association called New York Cares, which does outreach projects. Well, I'm sure there's tremendous need right there in New York City. Oh, my goodness. New York is just... But in Sierra Leone, which is what my second book is all about... And tell us where Sierra Leone is located. Okay. Sierra Leone is in West Africa. I worked in a United Nations project called Feeding Minds, Fighting Hunger. And I met an angel, a man whose name is Alassane Kamara. Alassane wanted to see equal education in his nation. And poor children in Sierra Leone do not have the same kind of education as wealthier children do. They don't get computers. They have no motivation, only basics. So I wrote Tomorrow's Vision, and the proceeds have gone to Sierra Leone and are really funding the camp that we're opening in the summer. I won't be there, but I'm teaching online, and I am looking for teachers to help uh, teach online to staff develop teachers of Sierra Leone so they can teach, and we can teach them uh, via the Internet. Now, you have a couple of websites, don't the Oh, focus I have on a these. lot of them. Okay. Why don't you mention those that tie to your book as well as Oh, your... yes. Uh, for, um, for each book, 
You can learn more by going to uh, Rosen0729.com. That's R-O-S-E-N-0729.com. And for any of my hunger poetry and for Alu's um, Sierra Leone project and tomorrow's vision, you can please go to www.nomorehunger.webs.com. Dot webs with an S. Webs right. dot com. com. Well, give us one of your poems about hunger or poverty. One okay, something that is close to your heart. Right. This poem was dedicated to Alison Kamara, who is trying to change this country and educate the children. This is called Step in Their Shoes. I often wonder why people ask for things. They beg in the streets. Do you hear their shrill voices ring? Step in their shoes. Others staring at them with disdain, oh, how they face daily shame. Yet many in low voices laugh and make them feel small while we walk around with money and we feel ten feet tall. Step in their shoes. Poverty makes us act out. It makes us scream. It makes us shout. It creates feelings of envy and hate. How can they not resent the people who have a full place when they have nothing? Step in their shoes. Poverty causes so many to commit crimes, searching in trash cans for remnants or dimes. Step in their shoes. Waiting for someone to share food, money, or such. How about a smile or a human touch? As I sit here on the train listening to musicians begging and in so much pain, some people laughing without caring. Is this how God wanted us to be sharing? Step in their shoes. So today, before my thoughts I lose, I beg you to realize how it must feel. Step in their shoes. Please support Alison Kamara, or I, as I call him, Kamara Lou, Lynn's Kids Foundation of Sierra Leone, and save the children. Now, your book, Tomorrow's Vision. Now, tell us a little of that. Okay, Tomorrow's Vision is a chapter book for children. It talks all about poverty, and there's a chapter in there which deals with one of my favorite organizations. It is United for Action. A wonderful man in New York, David Braun, uh, taught me a little bit about hydraulic fracturing, which is the tainting of our water, and that's also in my third book. And um, it's a book that really, uh, United for Action gets out there in the streets, gives out all kinds of petitions to sign to save our water. Our water in New York is in very bad shape. And I'm a grandma, and to me... If anything happens to our water supply, because we're poisoning it by gas drillings that people like Halliburton can uh, get money and be killing, so we're not uh, accepting this. So we're out in the street, we're out in train stations, we're getting petition signs, and it's a lot of action. So I have a lot of that poetry is in uh, Tomorrow's Vision and in Mr. Right. And you also have a book for children's rights. Exactly. It's my new book that came out, and this book is very special to me. I wrote it with a man from Ghana, and his name is Richard Malcolm. And it's a book that deals with children's rights. It teaches them about their rights, that people can't just violate their rights. Now, One Right, One People, which can be found on Facebook, is a wonderful organization that empowers children. They get out there in, in Africa. We even have them in the United States. They get out there. And they do projects that make the world better for children so that we eliminate child labor, hunger, and such. And the title of the book? Mr. Wright. 
Mr. Wrights. Right. And this is uh, and there is a chapter on fracking, which is very important because so many people in New York do not know about hydraulic fracturing. I didn't know until I came to United for Action. I didn't know that our waters were in danger. We have many chapters in this book. We have a chapter on women's rights so that women can know that they do have rights. We have a chapter on uh, hunger. We have a chapter, because of uh, Alison Kamara, on um, inequality in education. And um, equal education is very important. Human trafficking, so that the children can learn about it. But hydraulic fracturing is something that really touches me because so many people don't know about this. So we have to get out there and we have to have uh, clean water. So contact United for Action, uh, www.unitedforaction.org, and you'll learn all about the great work that's being done. And volunteer if you live in New York. You want fresh water. We need water to cook. We need water to bathe. Water is so important, and yet we ignore this. And how do we live in a world like that? We take it for granted. No, and you know what? For United for Action, which is not on this website, I wrote, uh, not for Water House, I wrote a book, and it's called It's a Beautiful World. And it's a book for children about hydraulic fracturing to teach them to get out there and be careful when you look at the water and do projects that will help purify well, why don't you close out by reading another poem uh, about hunger, about poverty, and uh, give us some thoughts about that poem. Okay, no problem. This is called Hunger is Our Enemy. Why are some people equal and others not? Some are so fortunate, while others we forgot. How can we turn our backs and walk away? Global hunger is affecting our world, and this we must say. We will fight by helping, listening to poor people yelping never turning our backs and walking away. We shall be hunger fighters, and we are here to stop the decay. Hunger is red as fire that burns, green with envy for those who have nothing, white as a ghost, yellow as rumbling stomachs growl, black as the night that covers us. Hunger is an enemy of the people, horrifying and as black as the night it appears throughout the world, slashing with a knife to those that time has forgotten, destroying human beings, discarding human beings. A child dies every five seconds. We sit back and we wait for more. Shame on us. God bless you, Alice and Kamara. Because you are trying to change the world. And that's what this is about, changing the world. Alice is fighting for his children in Sierra Leone. Richard Malcolm is fighting for children for one right, one people. United for Action is fighting for children by saving the water. All these outreach projects, if you have time, even an hour a week, get out there and help the world because it's not only about helping where you live, it's helping a child across the sea who can die. And that's why I do my poetry. Nothing happens until people get involved. Okay, I will give you my favorite quote, and it's by Henry Miller, and it is, if you want change, you must be a part of that change. That's right. That says it all, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And there are many obstacles in trying to get change. But as freedom fighters, we have to get out there, and that's what Alison is doing. He's getting out there. He's trying to make education better for the children. He cries for the children. And he's out there in the streets every day begging for his children. So I thought I'd help him. The title of the book, Through the Windows of My Soul, 
Kiss Yesterday Goodbye, a book of poetry by Lynn Rossin. Lynn, we have about a minute. Uh, give us some closing thoughts. Get out there, help the hungry, help anybody who needs help. But most of all, show people across the sea that you don't only care about yourself. Show them that people from New York and the United States do care about other people. Open your hearts and extend your love. And again, where do we get your book? AuthorHouse, www.AuthorHouse.com. AuthorHouse.com, and also give us your websites again. Okay. Rosen0729.com. And to me, the most important website, www.NoMoreHunger.Webs.com. Another website, www.USA. Org, and you'll find out about United for Action. And that will teach you to act because action is what they do every day of the week. And the last website would be our Facebook website of One Right, One People. Just type One Right, One People in the browser and look at what these kids are doing. They are being empowered. Thank you, to Lynn. Teach, to teach us to reach. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks for being with us on Author Talk. Thank you, Steve. And when will this be available to hear? Uh, this will be on this Saturday. I'll tell you all the details in just a moment. Okay, thank you so much. Lynn Rossin, she is a poet and a activist for the poor and needy, especially children there in New York City as well in Sierra Leone in West Africa. She is, the title of the book is Through the Windows of My Soul, Kissed Yesterday Goodbye. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune in to Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, The Spirit Says, Come. And the author is Urka Kamek. And Urka joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Urka. Hello. How are you? 
Good to have you with us. You're going to take us on a journey of the spirit, of the body. We're, you're going to take us a lot of places, and I want to read what you have written just to set the stage for our discussion. You say this, The Spirit Says Come is a book about the spiritual realm, spiritual dreams, visions, out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, heaven, hell, angels, demons, UFOs, and paranormal activity. I share some of my own personal experiences, as well as other people's supernatural experiences and beliefs, so you can see how much of this kind of activity is really taking place around us. Well, we're going to talk about some of your specific experiences you've had. Uh, at the same time, Urko, what was the motivation that, to write the book? These are pretty personal, obviously, uh, spiritual experiences for you. Why did you do this? Um, because, uh, like, like you had mentioned just a, um, a minute ago, because of my own experiences, what I have gone through, what I have, and uh, the experiences that I did have, um, I believe, came about because I prayed and I asked God to show to into the spirit realm to show me things that I. Um, I needed answers for in my life, and the motivation was to educate um, people out there today to the uh, to the knowledge and to the fact that there is so much spiritual activity uh, taking place around us today, and to uh, actually to uh, teach and show people how to discern the spirit so that they can make uh, the right choices in their own lives as to what they allow into their own spirits. At the beginning of your book, you share a very personal experience. Why don't we start there, a little bit about your uh, religious background and how all of a sudden you you had some, um, to most people, amazing experiences. Um, yes, my uh, religious background... Um actually started off, um, well, actually, if I may go back just just a little bit um, to tell people um, just a little bit about myself uh, for a minute or so. Um, I, w I was born in Germany, and uh, my parents were from the Ukraine, and we immigrated from Germany to the United States. When we immigrated here to the United States, my parents had already known a lot of people because they preceded us in immigrating here. And uh, we, my parents got involved uh, through, uh, through the part of, of having so many friends that immigrated from the Ukraine already um, uh, within a Baptist church, a very strict, fundamental Ukrainian Baptist church. And so my journey more or less kind of began where, um, of course, being a baby, I was only one month old when I came to the United States. And um, being in a congregation of of this Ukrainian Baptist Church is how th uh, um, my life actually started. This is how I grew up. But uh, in in the book, I speak about um, a little bit of. Uh, about the church, and then as as I grew and I continued in life um, and married and and had a family and uh, life itself, I was invited to uh, to visit a church by a friend of ours, and um, 
come to be that it was a full gospel Pentecostal church, and this friend of ours really, really loved it and, and thought that we would enjoy it, and so the invitation was given to us, and my daughter Melissa and I at the time um, did go, and things started happening from that point. And when they started happening, um, uh, I started to notice things within this particular church that I've never heard of or didn't know of before. So, of course, you know, my ears had perked up and my and my spirit, uh, you know, I wanted to know more and more as to how these things happen and what goes on in, in, in this particular faith because it was different from the way I was raised. And uh, things just started happening there. Um, I, I started going uh, to a Bible study uh, within a group from the church, and there were people there. We, we began talking about the spirit realm and how uh, different things would happen to uh, different people when they would say the Spirit of God was on them. And I became very, very interested and involved in it because I had already previously to this been studying the spirit realm. Um, because of things that already had started taking place. But after all, after kind of this, uh, well, within this particular time frame, um, because of the fact that, like I mentioned a minute ago, um, that I had not seen or heard things um, that were taking place in this church, like in the church that I was raised in. And so I began to pray because um, my heart became heavy about some things that I was becoming aware of, and I I was seeking answers, and so I started to go into prayer that God would allow me to see into the spirit realm, give me strong discernment of spirits, and give me boldness of His Word. And, you know, um, Scripture tells us that when we ask if we believe, if we stand in faith, and if it's God's will, that he will grant it to us. And by his grace, he did grant me all three of these gifts, and I started to have supernatural experiences. And my very first one was where I was taken out, and I went to heaven. And you're not sure if you were out of your body or in your body? No, I was not. Um... I, I couldn't tell you that because, like a lot of other uh, a lot of a lot of other people that have experiences similar to this, will be able to tell you that they uh, that they turned around and they were able to see their body on the bed. I did not do that. It seems I was a little bit more interested in the time to see what was causing me exactly what it was behind me that was lifting me up off the bed and sending me through the air to soar. So I did not look to see if my body was on the bed or not. I just know I took off. And what did give you that power? What do you? How do you uh, explain that? Um, explaining the part. Uh, well, uh, what gave me the power of soaring? Yes. Um, well, from from the way I would look at it, is it, it had to be the power of God because. There, there's no other explanation as to where someone would be able to get that kind of power and to to wind up being where I was and stand where I was and, and see and recognize things and be able to talk about them the way, the way I did. It had to be the power of God. Have you seen angels? Um, not to say that... Well, yes, I have. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I have, because I, I write about one of those... Um, those experiences with angels. Yes, I have. 
And of course, uh, with angels, there's always the there's the light, and then there's the darkness. Yes, there is. So, uh, demons. Yes, most definitely. I um, have experienced heaven, and I have experienced demonic attacks, demons. Yes. You yes, some some really. <laughs> some really heavy experiences with that, because um, when we grow spiritually, we have uh, spiritual growth, our adversary, which is Satan, doesn't seem to be happy with us. He wants to stunt our growth when we have spiritual growth. And when you are, in other words, soaring spiritually on a spiritual level, he seems to send out his his companions or or his hordes to attack those people that have spiritual growth that are growing closer to to the Lord and he wants to stunt that growth and I believe that's exactly what was taking place with me but because of the fact that um, I had asked for this I was I had asked God to allow me to see into the spirit realm um, I had no fear when I was being attacked. Um, after several um, heavenly experiences, angelic experiences, and healing experiences, I started to have uh, very serious demonic attacks, and I believe that's what it was. And um, I had no fear. I can say I had absolutely no fear because I knew what it was, where it was coming from, and what was going on. And uh, therefore, Scripture also tells me that no um, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And so, therefore, I went on, and this took place for several years, and they became more intense, and it got to the point where I was being attacked two to three times a week. So your advice is, I quote, be careful of the spirits that you attract into your life? Um, yes, there... Um, Throughout the years of studying and experiences and speaking with people from all walks of life, I have discovered that there is a um, there's a, a great lack of knowledge about the spirit realm. Things are being turned around and upside down nowadays, where things are start you know where where evil is starting to look good and good is starting to look evil. And and I believe that this this should come out of uh, it needs to be taught. Churches, people need to be more aware of this kind of stuff and not think that it's just something silliness and there's no such thing. And it is as a that we breathe that I can say because I experienced it for several years myself, plus the interviews that I have in the book with uh, so many other people, including clergy, what their beliefs about this is, as well as, as many themselves have had experiences. So it is very important for people to understand that this is not fun and games and joking what they, what, what they involve themselves in and what they allow into their own spirits. And then when things start happening and they can't make sense out of it, is we really need to teach people how to discern the spirits. There are reports from people who were clinically dead, then came back to life, and they talked about going through a tunnel and seeing a light. Uh, have you experienced that? I have not, but I have spoken with many people that did tell me uh, that they did go through a tunnel 
and they did experience the light. I did not go through a tunnel. I just began, I was lifted up off my bed and just began soaring through the heavens. And I was awake and I was aware of everything that was happening uh, because I, I was even speaking during that time. I was told to open my eyes and I explained in the book, um, you know, how I was soaring and what was taking place and I was seeing the stars going past me and I was actually talking during all this and I was being told three times, uh, Erica, it's okay, open your eyes. And a couple of times I actually refused to do that until I felt in my spirit you know, that I felt myself in my spirit at the time that I was soaring that it was okay that, that, that this, uh, that I believed that this was the voice of God telling me it's okay, open your eyes and, and look around. I'm in control here. Um, and I was, I was taken up to be shown, to be shown some things and, 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 we had communication even, and, but I, I have to say the communication was not verbal. It was more or less like our, we were speaking with our minds, like mental telepathically, but I did not go through a tunnel. I just started to soar through the heavens, but before I actually, uh, before I actually left, like to say my bed, I actually felt that my heart had stopped beating. And I even said to myself, my gosh, well, my heart just stopped beating. And as I said that, I took off. I was lifted up into the air. Have you communicated with the dead? Um, I do not know. I have not communicated with uh, the dead. Many people um, that I interviewed do. Uh, I don't believe uh, in communication with the dead because I believe in Scripture, the Word of God, and the Word of God says that the dead do not communicate with us, neither do we with them. Um, I would really like... Um, my readers to understand that these things are real as the air that we breathe, and people really need to learn how to make the right decisions in their lives about what they um, allow into their spirits. Understanding the spirit realm and how it operates can be a matter of spiritual life or death. Is there some advice that you could give those who would like to learn more about the spiritual realm? What should they do? I would recommend starting off um, and getting to know the Lord, uh, coming to know Him, getting into God's Word, um, reading what He has to say about it, because throughout all of Scripture, Old and New Testament, it talks about um, uh, supernatural revelations and dreams and visions, uh, as well as out of body experience that the apostle had in the in the New Testament. Uh, speaking speaking with uh, ministries, uh, going into prayer, um, asking the Lord to open your eyes and your ears and your mind and your heart to understand these things. Um, I also wrote very simply, I gave some scriptures um, in the book about learning how to discern the spirits, and if someone would have a hard time in understanding that, I would simply say that if there is something uncomfortable around you and you're having a hard time discerning it, just simply say, if you are of God, you may stay. If you are not, you must leave. The title of the book, The Spirit Says Come. And the author is Erka Kamek. Erka, tell us how to get your book. Um, my book, uh, thank you for asking. Um, my book is available through authorhouse.com, my publisher. It is also available on barnesandnoble.com. 
Amazon.com, BooksAmillion.com, um, Borders, as well as any book retailer um, within within your own area. If it's not at the store, brick and mortar store, you can order it through them. And it is also available not just in paperback, but in ebook, notebook, and Kindle. Thanks for being with us, Erka. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Erka Kamek and her book, The Spirit Says, Come.